0: Hello and welcome! I'm Joanna Yunak, and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. In today's news. How do EasyGate compare to nicotine patches in helping pregnant women quit smoking? Will Godfrey of Filter Magazine will tell us about new vape bans on the horizon in Mexico and Los Angeles. Is Thailand becoming the next Southeast Asia country to welcome tobacco harm reduction? Albert Chan will tell us about the situation in Hong Kong now that the ban on the sale and manufacture of vaping products has come into force. And after the news, Brent Stafford of RecWatch interviews Fiona Patten, member for the Northern Metropolitan Region in the Victorian Parliament's Legislative Council. A recent study from Queen Mary University of London found that pregnant smokers were more likely to quit smoking using e-cigarettes instead of nicotine patches. Peter Hayek, professor of clinical psychology and director of the Tobacco Dependence Research Unit and the Wolfson Institute of Preventing Medicine, Queen Mary University of London, kindly agreed to comment on these findings.
1: So we've recently published a large trial comparing e-cigarettes and nicotine patches uh, in their efficacy and safety for use with pregnant smokers who are trying to quit. Uh, There are uh, the, the, the major health risks of smoking are related to combustion chemicals rather than to nicotine. But there is some concern that nicotine may have some adverse effects in pregnancy. Of course, nicotine patches and nicotine replacement treatments are generally recommended in pregnancy because if they help smokers quit, Uh, any residual uh, risks of nicotine, if there are any, would be uh, justified by, you know, people stopping smoking. Uh, But with e-cigarettes recommending those to pregnant smokers has been a bit controversial. Not so much in the UK, where uh, actually it is recommended that if it helps pregnant smokers quit, that's fine to use them, but in the United States there was a firm uh, advice not to use e-cigarettes in pregnant smokers. So in this trial we were comparing e-cigarettes and and patches and uh, people were either given, uh, it was done on a sort of remote control across the uh, UK, over 1100 pregnant smokers were either posted uh, patches or uh, refillable simple e-cigarette with some refills after that the people were encouraged to buy their own uh, e-liquids of the flavors and strengths they like with uh, nickel replacement that's given free to pregnant women in in the United Kingdom so they they need to go to the pharmacy and get and we uh, we recommended combination treatments uh, patches plus any other nickel replacement products and they were followed up at the end of pregnancy. Now, one problem with the study was that we wanted to have a validated outcomes. And because this was done across the country, people couldn't come to our lab for uh, carbon monoxide validation. So we were posting them as saliva kits. So they would put saliva into there and then post it back to us. But of course, you know, that was a problem that uh, these women just gave a bath or were in le- very late stages of pregnancy and it's situation you get something through the post where you have to read instructions, uh, provide saliva sample, pack it up, take it to the post office and the returns were very low. So in terms of validated quit rates, which was the primary outcome, you know, it was like six and four percent quit rates, which you know looks miserable. Uh, The other problem was that some people in the patch arm quit smoking using e-cigarettes. They tried patches, it didn't help them. They knew that the other arm of the study is using e-cigarettes. And so they uh, moved on and quit with e-cigarettes. And when you control forage, the difference between the two study arms become much larger. Uh, Probably given the problem with the validation, uh, a useful metric is to look at Uh, self-reported abstinence at the end of pregnancy and that was about 20 percent versus 10 percent, which is roughly what you would expect and sort of confirming the other trials of e-cigarettes versus NRT showing that e-cigarettes are more effective. Uh, The other part of this probably as important or more important is the safety and so we compared carefully the two study arms in adverse pregnancy outcomes and you know lots of various ways of looking at this. And there were no differences. It was very similar. The one significant difference was the number of babies uh, born with low birth weight, which is defined as babies, which weigh less than two and a half kilos. And there were more of these in the patch arm than the e-cigarette arm despite the fact that many more people use e-cigarettes through pregnancy. So we're taking nicotine from there than uh, people in the e-cigarette arm. Now, it doesn't mean that taking nicotine during pregnancy protects you from having a low birth weight baby. It's most likely because people on e-cigarettes smoked less. So you remove the real reason for uh, low birth weight and restricted intrauterine growth. Uh, but it also suggests that use of nicotine in late pregnancy doesn't have any adverse effects or uh, not much. We can't really talk about early pregnancy because all these women were smoking during early pregnancy, they then you know, switch to one or the other or carried on smoking uh, later on. But I think the results generally are reassuring. Nicotine late pregnancy probably does not contribute any harmful effects to pregnancy outcomes, and e-cigarettes are as safe or probably have better outcomes than a nicotine patches. And so I would now say that uh, pregnant smokers, the way they are told, you know, use nicotine replacement treatment if you can't quit unaided. I would add to it, e-cigarettes would be an equally good option, giving them a better chance of successful quitting.
0: Now, let's turn to Will Godfrey to hear about two more major vape bans. Well, first of all, what's been happening in Mexico?
2: On the 31st of May, Mexico's president signed a decree banning the sale of all e-cigarettes. The country's assistant health secretary chimed in by describing the idea that vapes are safer than cigarettes as a big lie. This is part of a long campaign against tobacco harm reduction products by the Mexican government influenced by organizations like the Bloomberg funded to campaign for tobacco free kids. A back and forth history has included a 2020 executive order banning the import of THR products and a Supreme court ruling last November that declared that outright prohibition of vaping and heat not burn products was unconstitutional. The new decree cites the Bloomberg-funded World Health Organization's words that vapes contain nicotine and other toxic substances that are harmful to both users and non-users who are exposed to the aerosols
0: secondhand. Can you tell us any more about the implications?
2: It's obviously a huge setback for THR in Mexico, where almost 13 million people smoke, according to the global state of tobacco harm reduction and almost 50,000 people die of smoking-related causes each year. According to government figures, 5 million Mexicans have at least tried vaping, and they're not all going to stop. Many have already been buying illegally imported or under-the-counter vapes, and that promises a booming illicit market with attendant risks of criminalization and reduced consumer protections.
0: Moving on to Los Angeles, what's happened there?
2: More bad news, I'm afraid. On the 1st of June, Los Angeles City Council voted unanimously to ban sales of flavored vaping products together with flavored cigars and menthol cigarettes. Expected to be signed by the mayor, the law law will take effect at the beginning of 2023. It's a victory for the likes of the campaign for tobacco-free kids, once again, which has been pushing for it during a tortuous process lasting years. LA will become the largest US city to enact such a ban. The council member who introduced it declared, we just took a huge step forward against big tobacco's deadly agenda in Los Angeles. Yet vape bans in other US jurisdictions have been shown to boost cigarette sales. THR advocates, of course, opposed banning harm reduction products, but also the menthol cigarettes ban, which it's feared will increase criminalization in the black communities, which disproportionately smoke menthols.
0: What's the wider context in California?
2: A similar ban could be enacted statewide. In November, Californians will vote in a referendum on that. A law banning flavors was actually signed by the governor last year, but it was halted by a petition with more than 600,000 validated signatures, which led to the referendum. Ban supporters will no doubt be emboldened by their win in California's biggest city.
0: Thank you, Will. The Philippines are still waiting for the President's signature on the Vaporized Nicotine Product Bill, which regulates the manufacture, sell and use of e-cigarettes and heated tobacco products. Meanwhile, Thailand looks set to be the second Southeast Asia country to provide consumers with safer alternatives to combustible cigarettes. Draft legislation to legalize e-cigarettes has reached the subcommittee of Thailand's parliament and several top government officials. Joining us today is Clarissa Virginio, a vapor and consumer advocate from the Philippines. Clarissa will tell us more about the situation both in the Philippines and Thailand. Thank you Clarissa for joining us. Can you tell us what happens now in the Philippines regarding the vape bill?
3: Um at the moment We are still awaiting for the signature of the president so everyone is on their toes (laughs) but as of now since it's not yet um signed the current rules still apply to us as of the moment actually um there is a flavor ban so this flavor ban um it states that fruit and candy flavors are no longer allowed to be sold to consumers um, although this one, is, it's also um, part of the vape bill. So we are hopeful that in the very, very near future, um, the president will sign the vape bill.
0: And in Thailand?
3: Um, I have read and heard from my Thai colleagues that the Thai government at the moment um, is looking into legalization of selling of e-cigarettes and THR products, heat-not-burn products, and this is a good development, especially in the Asia area, because a lot of um, Asian countries are, before, a lot of Asian countries are a little hesitant, for lack of better term, hesitant, um, to recognize tobacco harm reduction, and we have... Consumers and experts have already uh, shown a lot of data. You no, know, We have the science to back it up. So the Thai government is looking into uh, regulating, properly regulating these products because they are also afraid that if these products will remain uh, unregulated, it will create a much bigger black market. And in that situation, the government will have no control over any um, selling or importations or exportations so I think it's a good uh, development that Thailand is currently looking into legalizing the selling of um, DHR products or e-cigarettes.
0: Who supports the legalization of e-cigarettes in Thailand?
3: Yeah, (laughs) same thoughts actually. I am, uh, at first when I heard about it, I was surprised that, oh, they're finally, you know um, they changed their mind but I think it also has to do with um, the fact that the Philippines is um, currently awaiting for the signature of the vape bill so I think it has an influence because we are neighboring countries after all and we belong to the same um, area. So I hope that the Thai government will also push for uh, the legalization of these products.
0: The Thai parliament wants to review the vaping ban. Why now?
3: In Thailand, um, I can't remember or pronounce the name uh, properly, but uh, these are government officials. And I think, if I remember correctly, um, they are also looking into the Taxes that might be, that will be actually, that will be generated from um, the legalization of these products, especially now that we are still in a pandemic. And for the past two years, almost all of the countries uh, suffered economically. So taxes to be generated in these um, in selling e-cigarettes and legalizing e-cigarettes uh, will greatly help uh, a nation, not just Thailand, but also the Philippines and probably other countries too.
0: How do Filipino and Thai vapers feel about it? Are they looking forward to the legislation of vaping products?
3: I can't, I can't speak for my Thai colleagues because I haven't been to, Thái, to thailand side, um, Thailand for a couple of years now, but, um, I hope that they are happy because, um, they used to have really strict rules, right? Um, with regard, uh, e-cigarettes. So I think if. Proper regulation and not an outright ban will be put in place. I think vapors would be happy about it.
0: Thank you, Clarissa. On April 30, Hong Kong banned the importation and sale of alternative smoking products, including vaping and heat not burn products. Let's find out what changed in Hong Kong and in China after the new law came into effect. We asked Albert Chan, a consultant to Fed Asia, for an update.
4: Um, so after the law came into effect, end of April, um, technically everything will not be allowed to be sold. And so a, a few weeks before the ban, uh, we have seen people in Hong Kong uh, stocking up um, e-products, especially the uh, secret sticks uh, of the Heat Not Burn uh, uh, format. And shops uh, were reporting sales of up to three times, four times as many as usual um, and there were also um, signs of people going um, under the table um, selling these products uh, one interesting way to do it was to distribute leaflets into uh, mailboxes of um, major housing estates leaving phone numbers for people to place phone orders um, so um, with Perhaps 5 to 10 percent of current smokers already using the products. Um, I am quite certain um, buying and selling would continue despite uh, the law change. Um, and just before the, the law took effect, end of April, um, shop owners have to discount their products. Sometimes 20, sometimes 30 percent discount, because they have to get rid of all these products before they became illegal. Um, and that, that's another reason why people were buying a lot more than before. Um, so that's the situation in Hong Kong. Now, um, there are three major jurisdictions in the world which are primarily Chinese, of course China, mainland China, and then Hong Kong which has a totally different legal system, as you know. And certainly Taiwan, which again is totally different from China and different from Hong Kong. But the reason I'm uh, making this point is because, interestingly, both uh, China and Taiwan... Uh, well, China has already made it official that they will uh, regulate rather than ban these products. And in Taiwan, the health authorities have also proposed to regulate uh, heat not burn, but ban all the other types of alternative products like vaping, like liquid, and so on. The justification uh, of the Taiwan authorities is that um, they think the heat not burn secrets basically are similar to conventional secrets. Both were made with tobacco leaves tobacco paper uh, with filter and so on and so forth. Whereas the other type like vaping like e-liquids, they were not like tobacco products. So they decided to to ban it but allow a heat of burn to be sold in Taiwan. That is still a proposal from the government and is still subject to uh, approval and passing by the legislators, lawmakers. Um, I think it probably will be passed within this year.
0: Albert also mentioned Hong Kong as the country with one of the lowest smoking rates.
4: So very interestingly Hong Kong is the only, if you like, uh, primarily Chinese uh, dominated um, jurisdiction to ban everything. Um, And it is totally unreasonable and justifiable because if you look at the smoking rate, Hong Kong has probably one of the world's lowest smoking incidents. Um, I've just looked at World Bank data, global smoking rates globally, average it's about 23 percent, and Europe is about 26, North America about 22, so it's about 20 plus percent in many, many, most countries. Um, some, of course, have lower, like Singapore, as we all understand. Singapore's smoking rate is... 16% hong kong is 10 10% very low um some people some experts believe there is a certain level some certain percentage of people who will smoke regardless so whether you can get i mean it is a lot easier to get down from 30 to 20 and perhaps a bit difficult from 20 to 10 but if you want to get from 10% to 5 or 0% it's almost impossible, because they are bound to be people who just can't give up smoking. Um, so, we, we believe, uh, as a consumer rights concern group, we believe um, 10% smoking rate just doesn't justify such a draconian um, law banning everything, every type of alternative uh, tobacco products.
0: However, this year, Hong Kong is waiting for another revolution.
4: Another development in Hong Kong is that there will be a change in government in July this year. There will be a new chief executive, or in, in the past, in the colonial days, we call him, him the governor. So there will be an entirely new administration ruling Hong Kong uh, starting July 1st. Um, it is not clear whether the new, new administration would be as draconian as the current, uh government with regard to smoking and health um but i'm not too hopeful that the law which only came into effect two (laughs) months ago will be changed again soon but um at least we we we, we could start doing some fresh lobbying uh, uh with the new government and to to see how how things go but i'm not too optimistic on this
0: what will be the consequences of this change? GFN News will keep you updated. And now we go over to Brent Stafford and his guest Fiona Patten, member for the Northern Metropolitan Region in the Victorian Parliament's Legislative Council. Next week, Fiona will be joining us at GFN 22 on a panel discussing human rights and legal challenges in the words of safer nicotine. In today's interview, however, Fiona will share her thoughts on the availability of nicotine products after the new law comes into force in Australia. Over to you, Brent.
5: Hello, Joanna. Thanks for that. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of RegWatch on GFN.tv. Around the world, advocates for safer nicotine products make a simple request of policymakers applying reason and common sense to decisions impacting access and choice. These potentially life saving products. But in a growing number of jurisdictions, these principles of sound decision making are treated with scorn and contempt. Joining us today is someone who knows a great deal about promoting reason and common sense Australian politician Fiona Patton, leader of the Reason Party and MP for the Northern Metropolitan Region in the Victorian Legislative Council. Fiona, thanks for coming on the show.
6: Uh, thanks for having me, Brent.
5: Your path to Parliament is not a typical one. Tell us how did you get your start in politics and why?
6: I, I first got involved um, in politics in a very peripheral way uh, through during the HIV and the AIDS epidemic. So I was volunteering on um, a needle exchange pro, a needle exchange program program. It was a mobile bus and I was also very involved with the AIDS Council in my in my city and I I saw the discrimination, I saw the impact and effects of prohibitive laws or discriminatory laws, and I saw the stigma involved in that. I then worked as a sex worker, I ran an industry association um, that represented the the adult industry in Australia, as well as a lot of the sex education programs and condom manufacturers, etc. And I kept seeing that the um, the the community attitudes were going in one direction, but politicians uh, uh, politicians' work was going in the other direction. So we were seeing a fundamental split, and whether that was around end of life choices, around drug law reform, around marriage equality, there was a whole range of areas where the the the, the government was completely out of step with the community, and I worked from the outside, you know, walking the corridors of, of the various state and federal parliaments around Australia, trying to trying to change this. And in the end, we thought, yeah, not so much if you can't beat them, join them, but let's take these issues to the ballot box. And um, so, yes, yeah, so the, 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 the sex party was born at that stage branch.
5: And you actually got elected under that party.
6: That's right. Much to everyone's surprise. So this gave me the opportunity to talk about the issues that I thought were important. So I got um, assisted dying on, on, you know, I got an inquiry into assisted dying that eventually led to legislation. I introduced legislation to um, provide safe access zones around abortion clinics. So people started to sort of, I guess, take notice of the sex party and were somewhat surprised at, at the, the level of activity and success we were having. So at a, ballot, at, a, at a polling booth for a federal election, I just, every second person would go, love what you do, change your name, love what you do, change your name. It takes a certain person to wear a bright yellow t-shirt with sex emblazoned on the front. Uh, so yeah, we went back to the drawing board and thought about who we were and who we wanted to be and who we wanted to talk to in our community. And yeah, we changed our name to reason. And as we like to say, we've become a voice of reason.
5: Fiona, when you first got started, and I'm sure you're still fighting for, on many of these issues now, did you understand even then, back then, that it was harm reduction that you were fighting for?
6: Back in the 1980s, when I first kind of got involved in this area, I don't think we had fully articulated uh, the theory of harm reduction. I, I didn't know that's what it was, but certainly as I started to get involved um, in the sex worker community, uh, we started to use that terminology, and I now I now realise that yes, it was it was always about harm reduction, and I think that might be safe injecting safe injecting rooms, it might be as I said clean needles, it might be drug education, but it also might be things like. Um, you know, drink driving or you know, blood alcohol testing on roadsides. You know, we, we don't, we're not gonna stop people from drinking, but what we want them to do is not harm anyone as a result to that. So, you know, harm reduction goes, it goes permeates throughout our lives. Yet you and I might have a strong understanding about it. We might talk about it all the time. I still think that the general population um, is not all that familiar with that term. And that might be something that we need we need to continue to work on.
5: So you're certainly fighting the big fights against some of the big issues. So let's turn to tobacco harm reduction. Now, in your mind, is THR a valid application of the harm reduction philosophy, as you would find it with say, hard drugs?
6: Of course. And it's completely natural. And it's a completely natural progression. It's a completely natural response to tobacco. You know, I look at the people who are rallying against, um, tobacco harm reduction and they were some of the pioneers of harm reduction in this country. They were also some of the the people who rallied against tobacco, who tried to, you know, reduce, um, tobacco use in this country and in in, in your country as well. And yet they're now sitting on the other side of the fence saying, you know, no abstinence is the only answer. Uh, or you you know go to Big Pharma and, and take on board a you know some sort of um, Johnson and Johnson nicotine replacement treatment. Um, so there's you know it it really is quite perplexing. And then the outcome of that is that governments don't want to touch it because they're too scared of the, the Heart Foundation, the Cancer Council, who are all not providing any great rationale except for oh we don't know how dangerous vaping might be well what we do know is how dangerous smoking is and what we do know and none of them will disagree with this is that vaping is not as dangerous as smoking so you know this is fundamental harm reduction and we've got you know these these people who previously argued for harm reduction previously fought for for needle um for needle exchanges previously fought for opioid replacement treatments, um, and yet they won't support this replacement treatment. And it's, I, I don't understand it. And, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but sometimes you kind of think, you know, are they in the pocket of big tobacco? You know, they get great big donations from huge supermarkets, which are the biggest retailers of tobacco. So is, is that the rationale? Now, I don't, I don't actually think it is, but you know, it it, it, it is strange. It is strange, and it is perplexing.
5: And that's where my question comes from, because there are so many people that you know were were warriors for harm reduction when it comes to hard drugs and so forth, but yet they're the most the most challenged to accept it for tobacco, and so wondering whether or not if they just don't think that it's a valid application of the theory. And, and I'm trying to be kind by coming up with that kind of analysis.
6: I agree with you. I think there's I think there's also this growing stigma around smokers that somehow smokers should know better. You know, that smokers are not born into this addiction through trauma or mental or well, mental health actually they are, but that through trauma or you know there's there's not this very sad backstory that you know, we might see in, in, in other areas where um, drugs, drugs are problematic in someone's life. So is it that, or is it just that they have always run these quit campaigns, run these campaigns, and they don't want to let go of that, and run, run these campaigns that nicotine is the problem, that nicotine is bad, and that is you know that's misinformation because we, well you know i mean i'm sure putting any um, impure substance into your body is, is not is not ideal but it's that we know it's the smoking we know it's the tar that is that is actually killing people um, so you know we there's there's concern about young people and i you know and i and i i share that i share that concern Uh, But what we're doing now is actually putting young people at greater risk than if we were to to take a different path of regulation.
5: We're based in Canada, and so we're both come from the Commonwealth countries. And if anybody should have some common sense, it's us. We don't seem to, though, be listening to, you know, the motherland. You know, England's doing one thing. They seem to be the only bright light uh, when it comes to this issue. What's going wrong with the, you know everybody
6: else? I liken Canada to New Zealand. you know Canada's just that bit better than their than their than their adjoining cousin you know United States and and New Zealand is just that bit better than than their than their than their than their, their brother being Australia. Um, and you see what New Zealand has done and you see the success of what they've done and you know they they will be smoke free probably before the end of this decade, which is quite extraordinary. Now, Australia, we have been stubbornly sitting at the same level of smoking rates um, for close on a decade. And then if you look at our Indigenous communities, if you look at our Aboriginal brothers and sisters, their smoking rates are far higher. And we are doing nothing about that. We are letting those people die. Why are we not providing these tools to... Our Aboriginal community, and in fact, when I speak to Aboriginal organisations about this, they say Fiona, when we mention this at the table, we get shot down, and you know we know that our, our community members are wanting to use vaporisers, and we want to be able to to give them information about how to do it safely, about you know what's the best per device for them, and what should be their expectations, and they get shot down by. Cancer Council, they get shot down by health departments. And you know, again, if I was going to be a real conspiracy theorist, I think of all of the tobacco tax that we make um, from those 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 really hardened smokers at the top—you know, a few percentages of smoking rates. Um, you know, we make billions of dollars in Australia on to our, on tobacco tax. You know, I think it's somewhere it's somewhere around three or four billion dollars a year. You know, it funds a lot of hospitals so is that also coming into play in in these policy decisions
5: now australia uh, just recently i guess within the last two years you know started moving towards a much more stringent um, access to uh nicotine vapes and it being now you have to actually get a doctor's prescription how is that going
6: it's going terribly brent uh Although you know it, it is going terribly, but I, there there also is probably it has created some greater understanding about harm reduction and alternative um, and you know nicotine replacement therapies amongst some of the medical profession. However, it's it's nowhere, and what, is, what you know? Unsurprisingly, we all knew this was going to happen. It's creating a giant black market in the product a completely unregulated market um, and you know it's it's causing far more harm it's probably preventing people from accessing this um, replacement therapy uh, so for many people they have you know it's become just too hard uh, their GPs not interested in prescribing a nicotine product for them uh, or via vape so they're going back to smoking um, and you know, the we we've seen, yeah, there's always these kind of sweet spots in 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 harm reduction and you know, we see it in tobacco, you keep up putting the price up, putting the price up, putting the price up, and people stop go, right, that's it, I'm quitting. Um, but then it gets to a point where there's a certain percentage who can't quit, and that's where organized crime and, and criminal organisations get involved, because then they see that market and we're We've seen that in tobacco, and sadly, we are starting to see this in in vaping, even though, and despite all of this, and I think this is really, this makes this point, um, vaping numbers in Australia are continuing to rise. You know, they're they're still fairly small, but they're continuing to rise despite all attempts to stop people from accessing um, uh, nicotine replacement vaping.
5: Are you worried that um, enforcement uh, will lead to actual incarceration at some point?
6: Oh, it definitely will. It definitely will. Um, Although, you know, I've got to say that we know we have a huge illicit tobacco market in Australia, absolutely massive. Um, And very little is done about it. Very little is done about it. There's occasional big busts and, you know, the, the TV cameras come and the police show the big, you know, bundles of tobacco or, or, you know, um, you know, illicit cigarette packets and things like that. But it, it, it doesn't even touch the tip of that iceberg. So I suspect that yes, we could see people being incarcerated, you know, right now it's actually illegal to possess tobacco, uh, to, to possess nicotine without a prescription. So it's actually a criminal offense now for someone now, I'm not aware of anyone who's been charged from that. And I'd I'd challenge the police to figure out whether that person vaping in the street is vaping a nicotine product or a non-nicotine product. Um, and I think the police quite rightly felt that they've got better things to do. But, you know, right now, using nicotine without a prescription uh, could put you in jail, uh, which... Even as I say that, I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth.
5: So this truly is a new war on nicotine, replacing, uh, well, I guess the drug war is still ongoing in Australia, but, you know, it's now a new war.
6: We are much happier providing, you know, suboxone or methadone or, you know, any form of opioid replacement therapy. The community is even more relaxed about, you know, that. And they are around providing a replacement therapy for smokers and this goes to this kind of notion that you should be able to just give up and you know and and look for most lovely middle class people who've grown, gone to good schools and all of that they have very low smoking rates in those in those cohorts the smoking rates are much higher in our, commun- our, dis- our communities of disadvantage. And the, co- the cost is so high, we're seeing, you know, in some places, people having to forego, um, you know, uh, uh, buying good, you know, good healthy groceries to support their nicotine habit, because the only way they can access it is through very, very expensive tobacco.
5: Yeah, when you keep piling on the nicotine tax, the tobacco tax, on the cigarettes, and it does hit that point. In Canada, at one point, right before I quit smoking, uh, several years ago, because I was a two-pack-a-day smoker, it was, yeah. it was $32 a day. I mean, that's a serious habit. That's a drug habit. And so at what point um, does that become really being taken advantage of?
6: It, it, exactly, and 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 you know, my I, I probably I wasn't a two pack a day smoker, but you know, I really struggled to give up, and and vaping provided that solution for me as well. So, you know, so I I you know, I, I have I can advocate from that personal story, um and, and and understanding, you know how much better I feel not smoking, um but you know even from a government perspective, smoking like while we make a lot of money from the tax. Smoking is really expensive. It is expensive to our health system. The cost to our health, the cost to early death, the cost to um, emphysema and other forms of lung damage, the cost of heart disease, all of those things should make us make every fiscal conservative politician race to, to to the statute book to change that law and to make it you know, easy um, for, for people to be able to vape. And I am um, and sadly we're not getting that. You know, I I haven't given up because what I'm seeing is, you know, people are doing it anyway. You know, Australians and, and people around the world are understanding that this is a healthier option for them, that this is a reduces the harm of tobacco and this helps them, you know, give up and it helps them um, become smoke free. So, I I remain optimistic that as our numbers of vapors continue to grow, that you know politicians will actually start seeing it as an electoral matter, and that they will see that that you know voting against a large cohort of their electorate actually could be electoral suicide for them.
5: What is the argument then uh, that access to safer nicotine products is a human right?
6: we should have that autonomy of our own bodies. So if something is available that reduces our, reduces harm, that, that enables us to live a healthier life, then that is a human right.
5: Fiona, the Global Forum on Nicotine Conference in Warsaw, Poland is coming up this June 16 to 18. You're attending again this year, participating on several panels. One of those panels is Safer Nicotine, Human rights and legal challenges. Fiona, why is a conference like GFN22 important to tobacco harm reduction? It is
6: absolutely crucial that we try, we keep the common sense, we keep the evidence in the public eye, and that's what conferences like this do. They they provide us with platforms to talk about the actual evidence um, around. Um, tobacco harm reduction and around nicotine replacement therapies. I think also it's about um, people who vape themselves, uh, you know, being able to see that they're not alone, and that there is a community out there, and that what they're doing is not um, unscrupulous. Is that it actually is about their own health, and it reaffirms the decisions that they made to give up smoking um and use the tool of vaping or any uh, you know nicotine any other nicotine replacement therapies and that, that that was the right that was that was a decision that that many other people have made
5: well that's it for this edition of rug watch on gfn.tv joanna back to you
0: Thank you Brent and Fiona. We look forward to seeing you both next week in Warsaw. That's all for today. Thanks for watching and see you next week at the Global Forum on Nicotine in Warsaw or online. Thank you and goodbye.